You are listening to the podcast When Life Gives You Lemons, presented by me, Emma Levy. This is the podcast that interviews high-performing individuals who have been through adversity, but who have come back stronger. This is a special Battle Cancer mini-series where for the next three episodes, you will hear from some incredible people involved in Battle Cancer, including some inspirational cancer survivors who have benefited from the work that Battle Cancer do. If you have listened to When Life Gives You Lemons before, you will already know that this is a topic that means a lot to me as a cancer survivor myself. Following my own cancer journey, exercise and movement saved me both physically and emotionally. So it was an honor to speak to these guys with amazing stories of survival, and I hope that you can take as much inspiration out of it as I have. Just a note that these were recorded live at the Battle Cancer Fitness event in London, so please do excuse the less than perfect sound quality at times. First off in today's episode, you are going to hear from two inspirational cancer survivors who share their journeys and how exercise through battle cancer has helped them come back stronger than ever before. I then chat to Abby, who is the battle cancer program coordinator, and we chat about many things, including the importance of mindset, how she managed to run seven marathons in seven days, and how she got back those amazing abs after having her first baby. Today I'm thrilled to be here at Battle Council London and to be given the opportunity to interview some incredible people who are involved in the programme. So we've got Matt Lovesey and Simon, Simon, Day. Simon Day sitting with us today. So I'm going to introduce Matt. Um, Matt was diagnosed with a malignant melanoma in 2021 and after 10 months of treatment joined the Battle Council programme in 2022, hoping to achieve his goal to run the London Marathon the following spring. Not only did Matt run the London Marathon, but he's just started his third Battle Cancer program and is a full-time member of his program gym where he's been smashing his goals, apparently. He famously said on his first day of the gym, you'll never catch me on that rig swinging around. I'm not built for that. But Matt is currently working on his pull-ups and is, credibly, and is incredibly close to getting his first toast bar. <laughs> Simon, how about you? Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Simon. I'm from Cardiff. I'm a, a lecturer from Cardiff. And I was diagnosed with stage 3 throat cancer in 2021. Uh, had surgery, full round of treatments. Um, and after the, treat, the active treatments, um, I lost a lot of weight. I was very weak. I had no idea what I was going to do to rehabilitate. And just by chance, actually, uh, my father found out about the Battle Cancer Program, uh, gave me some details, joined the gym, got there first day, rather intimidated because I uh, hadn't been to a gym for such a long period of time. And I was the only gentleman participant oh, wow. um, for that course. Um, joined the course, and a year later, I'm here. So it's been an amazing journey. Brilliant. And do you have a history with exercise at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I was a very keen surfer and mountain biker before uh, my diagnosis and I was very, very motivated to get back to those sports and so Battle Cancer has helped me to do that as well, so. Yeah, and how about you, Matt? Did you have a history of exercise? Uh, my, my background is rugby. I played okay. rugby since I was 10. So, long history of contact sports, which I'm suffering with. <laughs> and did your cancer diagnosis come as a shock? Oh, absolutely. You know, when somebody says to you, you've got cancer, and it's like your whole just life flashes before you, you think, you think the worst. Um, you know, for like 10 minutes, I was, I was sobbing my heart out because you think, you know, it's the end, you know. But then you're like, you know, I've got to pull myself together. I've got to just tackle this head off and just give it whatever I've got. And what did your treatment look like? Um, so 
I started off, I had the, the mold removed and then they did a wide incision. They removed uh, lymph nodes from, from the ears, which came back as uh, cancerous. So was the mole on your head? Yes. Yeah, I, then I underwent immunotherapy. Uh, so I started that Christmas 21, and that shot me through to October 22, uh, where I would be supering for six weeks. I'm just looking to skip my immune system to find anything in my body that shouldn't really be there. Because obviously the melanoma likes to have a cloaking device on it, likes to hide. So the immunotherapy was there to try and hunt it out and get rid of it. So is that like a new modern alternative to chemotherapy? Yeah, yeah, obviously a lot less aggressive uh, and side effect wise, you know, it's for me, I was I was lucky. I had none. Yeah. And it could be it can be pretty 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 difficult to people. We do get the side effects, but You're I train okay. trained for a marathon, so <laughs> that's what you do. Exactly. How about you, Simon? What was your cancer journey? How did that look? Well, uh, a bit like Matt, I, I went into it, I was very, very fit, and it came completely out of the blue. I, I just didn't see it coming, completely left-sided me. And uh, like Matt, you walk in that day and they tell you, and I was just utterly, utterly gobsmacked. I found a lump in my neck. Uh, I thought it was maybe something glandular or a reaction to a COVID, uh, but my GP didn't know what it was, so it referred me super quick. And then as soon as they got the ball rolling, the, the treatment plan was, was up and running within about two weeks. So I had some pretty incredible cutting edge robotic surgery wow. uh, to remove part of my tongue, uh, double tonsillectomy and surgery to remove about 100 lymph nodes like Matt. So they stripped all that out. And then unfortunately, because it was very, very small in the location of the cancer, I had to go through chemo and um, some heavy radiotherapy as well. So I ended up feeding myself through a gastro tube. It was very unpleasant. Yeah. Not something that I particularly want to repeat. And that's why I lost so much weight and strength so. yeah and it's so interesting isn't it how you both said how your diagnosis came as such a shock same same with me you never think you're gonna kind of be sat in that room and hear the news that no one wants to hear i don't, I don't think anyone ever expects to hear that when i was 20 years old the sun couldn't hurt me yeah. you know i was suntan lotion what do you need that for it's come back a bit more spectacular yeah so. well i always say regarding suntan lotion i remember as a teenager i used to use oil yeah. you know hawaiian <laughs> tropic factor zero yeah. <laughs> i mean now i won't sit in the sun absolutely it's yeah, amazing how time. we change isn't it so back to um exercise with for true treatment so you went through chemotherapy and radiotherapy did you do any exercise throughout your treatment um i tried to walk yeah. for my daily treatments. Um, after about three weeks, I got so weak that I couldn't walk and be driven. Um, by about the sixth week of treatment, I was literally shuffling around the house. I was breathless going up a flight of steps. I'd never been so weak in my life. I felt really touching the face. So that was a very, very low point, you know, very dark space to be in. Yeah. Um, so how long after did this strength come back? Um, Probably about two and a half, three months, you know, I started feeling, uh, you know, I still don't feel like myself, I don't know that Matt feels that, but um, it's about two and a half, three months where I felt like I was, you know, getting out, working the dogs, doing more activity like that. But I, I, I would never have considered going to the gym at all. Yeah. I just, I just thought that's, you know, way beyond my reach, way beyond my limit, but. Yeah. Know. And so someone, I think you said your dad, um, preferred you to battle cancer program? Yeah, I, I mean, I was just super lucky because uh, my, my dad's friends 
her daughter runs the Battle Cancer Program in Worcester. Oh wow! Um, Sarah Goldicott, and so she gave me the information. Said, "Look, they're, you know, they're running one in Cardiff. Why don't you get involved?" And it was that random kind of chance element that got me got me there. And do you remember how you felt on your first session at that program? I, I was pretty intimidated. I'd never been into a CrossFit gym. I hadn't seen all the rigs. I saw people like Matt swinging around on the bars and thinking, that can't be, I could raise my shoulder, my shoulder then on the book, or kind of horizontal. So I thought, I can't do that. I won't be able to do that. Within six months. Uh, you're here now. Yeah. And so was it lots of different abilities within your program cohort? Yeah, loads of different abilities, loads of different age ranges. And so, I mean, the program is brilliant. It's, it's so scalable and so adaptable. Anybody can get involved. And that's, that's what I, I find so brilliant about it. And it, it was very inclusive, very welcoming. No kind of physical kind of prerequisites whatsoever. So yeah, it was a good start. Matt, how did you come across Battle Cancer? So it's Kingsley Bradley, who is part of the Battle Cancer team. So he's the trainer with him. Uh, in like a group camp. And he, we knew about my journey. And he said, oh, I've just been doing Otter St. Mary, where I live. Oh, they do a Battle Cancer program. I've been there. And so he told me about it, gave me all the information. And so I had to get cleared by my doctor. Yeah. Uh, and then went, turned up for the first day and sort of like walked in and go, what on earth is this? You know, I've never seen it in the night What these people are doing, it's, it was really daunting to walk in. Yeah, because some things I can excel at, some of the stuff they do, I'm, I'm rubbish. Um, and I think it's just, we say, going into it, eyes wide open, and just thinking how this could help me all the people that are in a similar boat. Yeah. Some of the, the ladies, I, I, was, I was the only bloke as well. And it was like, you know, the, the journeys that they've gone on and, and you know, breast cancer and, and all sorts of stuff. And I was like, I'm lucky. I am really lucky when I look at these ladies. And it just went from one. Yeah. And I would go twice a week and Abby would brutalize me. Because that's what I wanted. That's that was my coping strategy. Yeah. Was to throw myself into exercise and to better myself and batter myself. I think. And did the coach? Did Abby put your nerves at ease quite quickly after that first session? Yeah. <laughs> she apologises to me every time. So sorry for making you do this, but get on with it. And how important was it for both of you the community aspect of the program? I think I really enjoyed you know, with the because new ones coming in. And you can talk to them, you can give them what their your experiences. And you know, we're all going from different backgrounds, you know, different age groups, uh, different diagnosis. Yeah. But we're all in it together. You know, there's no egos, there's nothing, you know, oh, oh, I'm better than you. It's, we're here, we're here together. Yeah. Let's enjoy it and let's pull each other through. How about you, Simon? Exactly the same experience. The inclusivity and the togetherness were the two things that uh, I, I really, really liked. Uh, like Matt, I was the only male participant, so I thought, oh my goodness, what am I doing here? Um, but the ladies were wonderful, and we, we bonded really well, and we really pushed ourselves and helped ourselves. And as Matt said, it, it, it didn't matter what diagnosis you had, you know, there was that commonality of experience, which was important, that bonded us. Yeah. It's phenomenal as well that neither of you would have gone to the gym without the Battle Cancer Programme. <laughs> I'd have, I'd have never gone to a CrossFit because I just didn't think that was me. Yeah, I find that you know amazing. Little battle cancer's done for you both.
And you know, we know that exercise reduces the risk of cancer recurrence by 60%. So Bath & Hazard has given you both that, that option to go to a gym and to do the exercises, which is great. Um, Matt, tell me about your marathon journey then. So, you know, I actually had a spot in the 2021 marathon. Okay. Um, but after I had my operation, which I got beforehand here, um, I couldn't do it because I had to stop training for six weeks. So I delayed my entry. Obviously, with all the COVID and all these bits and bobs, it was delayed till October 22. Yeah. And it was just, okay, I've got to get on with this. And I'm, I'm 20 stone to ex-rugby player. You know, I'm, not, I'm not designed to run, um, but it was just, you know, complimented. I would run once a week and I would spend the rest of my week in the gym. And just, just do crossfit because the leaks can't, just don't like it. Uh, and I built and built and built and every week I would increase my mileage, running up and down the estuary in, in Devon, uh, you know, because it's flat and it's beautiful. And, I've been just increasing mileage and just get myself ready. To, it was October, October the second last year. Yeah. When I sort of stepped onto the streets of London, it was like, here we go. Uh, it was the second time I've done it. I did it in 2018, okay. uh, and I did it again, and I took 40, 45 minutes off my time. Really? Yeah. That's um, amazing. For me, it's just getting to the end. And, yeah, just thinking about reasons why I've done it. And, uh, and what it means to me. How did it feel as you crossed the line? <laughs> I tried. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Have you done any challenges, Simon? The main challenge was to get back on my surfboard and get back on my bike. Yeah. So what's been brilliant about battle cancer is because it's kind of functional compound movements, they're absolutely ideal for training, yes. for surfing and for mountain biking. So I remember one of my targets after my treatment was to go to my, my favourite beach to surf with my friends. And my wife and I didn't bring a tear to my own uh, The first time I caught a wave post-treatment, it was just... <laughs> Fair problem. Yeah, very, very memorable. So yeah, and Battle Cancer's given me that opportunity to, to do those things I love and getting out and about, you know, back yeah. on my bike, back on my boards. Yeah. Wonderful. So what does Battle Cancer mean to you, Matt? Oh, it's, it's a community. You know, looking at all this, you know, yeah. what we do across Europe, America, uh, what, what it gives to people. You know, some people, you know, this is not for them. Some people, you know, they, they like the painting, they like the pop, the art stuff, they like the pottery. For me, this is what works. It's these these people, you know, looking at all of what some of these people can do and about how, you know, I want to be part of this. You know, I, I wish I was 20 years younger. <laughs> um, but, you know, just that we're, we're all here for a reason. And you know, some people that have actually lived it, you know, that have that lived experience, can share this information with all these people that want to make a difference. And you're working here today as well, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So, so you're volunteering, I should say. Full day yesterday was setting up. Full day today. Matt was judging us on our last... Oh, really? Oh, was, it, was he strict? Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course he was. Right down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so you give up your time as well. You volunteer for Battle Council. Yeah, yeah, I'm more than happy to help out because, you know, the, the help they give me at the gym and it's about sort of... I know that they, they struggle at times and it's about helping these people that help me. Yeah. So it's all this... You know, give and take of everything we do. Yeah, and I asked Pete earlier how much money Battle Cancer have raised since the inception of it, 2016, and he said 
So I think it was it said over six million pounds for cancer charities, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Simon, what does battle cancer mean to you? Well, I think if you told me that I'd be here today, a year ago, I would have just laughed at you <laughs> because I, I had no concept in my mind that I'd be capable of doing this. And battle cancer has given you that. So I, I, I own it so much. Fantastic program. So I've done everything I can to help support and promote it in Cardiff. I've been taking materials around to uh, all the cancer departments and the cancer hospital and stuff to try and promote it um, to everybody, but particularly male participants because I don't think there are any on the, the latest program either. So that's interesting. Why do we? Why do you think we're lacking male participants? I don't know. I think as blokes, sometimes we're pretty poor at reaching out. You know, maybe. Um, maybe a bit of ego involved, the fact that you've got to go through that process where you walk through that door at the CrossFit gym thinking, well, I'm pretty vulnerable here, you know, yeah. and I'm intimidated and I don't know what I'm letting myself in for. So I think maybe, you know, if there was a, a stepping stone or somebody, a mentor or whatever to help you through or with that, that would be really, really, really useful. Do you agree, Matt? Yeah, I think it is, it is a shame that there's a lack of men but do it whether it is people it's just not their thing and or they just they're not ready for it and I think you know, you've got to be in a certain mindset to, to step into a gym and come out of your comfort zone that you do things that you've never done before and that element of self-doubt but I think hopefully it will change and with this you know Michelle Simon and that talking about it it can make a difference and we have you know a 50-50 split that more people can get involved with it and we share the message and the hospitals all the treatment areas they engage with this process because this works for people where you know, other you know, treatments work for others so share the message get it out there and, and hopefully people can go on continue this journey that we, we are currently doing yeah i'd love there to be a greater take up in the nhs for instance oh. So, you know, when you go through treatment in the NHS, there's no exercise rehabilitation after cancer. And, you know, we've just said the 60% risk of recurrence. So why aren't the, and that is, you know, evidence-based. So why aren't we offering it to everyone? Yeah, well, when you go to Cherry Brook, which is the, 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 the oncology uh, clinic in Exeter, where I went, there's nothing in there. Yeah. It's because it's provided by a different charity and a focus on what they want to provide, not what is on offer yeah. in, in the region. Yeah, I, I find it unbelievable, but hopefully, you know, and I hope that men are kind of going to find strength in their vulnerabilities. Okay. Because for me, post-cancer, that's been my journey, basically, you know, to open yourself up, to become more self-reflective and to learn that actually it's okay to be vulnerable sometimes. And to feel that emotion, which we often don't give ourselves the, yeah, <laughs> the permission is. to feel. Um, I just want to give a shout out to the man in white because it's his fault that I actually came on this. <laughs> so it's him. It's his fault. I like the way he's subtly listening. He's pretending he's not listening yeah. by facing the opposite direction. Exactly. So <laughs> it's about him. Brilliant. Um, both of you, hey, for start, Simon, how have you changed following your cancer diagnosis? That's a really good question. I don't know, I think I uh, mentally, I think I'm actually emerging stronger um, because I think when you put yourself through that kind of adversity, you, you've got to at some point show some resilience. As Matt said at the start of the, the, the piece, 
you've got to say I'm going to do this you've got to meet it head on and I think that does develop uh, a certain mental strength and resilience which it's it's fantastic um, attribute to have once you've been through such a you know an important experience how about you Val? I, I think you, know, you still have your, your, your down days you still have your days when you think why why me why was it me and and then you think of the positives and to, to be honest I had to go against tattoo I put it there so never give up and that's you know what I look at every time I'm in the gym and there's something I'm struggling with I look at that yeah and that's what drives me through yeah and I like to think you said why me I like to think not why me but what now yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, the fact that you're both here as well, you obviously buy into that as well. Yeah. Um, final question I like to ask all my podcast guests. And again, I'll go to you first, Simon. If you could go back in time to when things were at their most difficult, what do you wish you could have told yourself? Just keep going. Keep going. Keep it nice. That. What? Never give up. Never give up. I don't say. Look after those that are close to you. Yeah. Look after your loved ones and the importance of community, yeah. isn't it? And that's what this is all about today is finding strength with each other. Yeah, huge. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Huge, huge set of gratitude. <laughs> Thank you to you both. Seriously. Massive respect. Yeah, you know, you're both inspiring individuals. Thank you for coming to talk to me. Thank you for being here today. And thank you to Battle Cancer for what they do. Thank, thank you. you, Emma. Absolutely. Cheers. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by Battle Cancer. The Battle Cancer Programme is a charity organisation that provides fully funded 12-week programmes to those in recovery from cancer. The programme is open to anyone who has finished their active cancer treatment by two months or more and at any pre-existing level of fitness looking to support their recovery, rebuild lost muscle and cardiovascular fitness in a coach-led small group environment. Battle Cancer strives to help build strength, confidence and reconnect people with their bodies. You can learn more and apply for your nearest program by heading to www.battlecancerprogram and following the steps to join a program. We have Abby Gould with us now. And all of our guests were asked to write a little synopsis on themselves. And I'm going to read you what Abby wrote. <laughs> the original. Abby never knows what she's doing and is literally blagging her entire life. And is really hoping she doesn't have to be interviewed and Simon could do it to the end. So that's why I had to plan the interview on. So Abby, if you can just start by introducing yourself, tell us who you are, what you do here. Um, so I'm Abby. I uh, basically coordinate where all the battle cancer programmes run uh, all over the world. Um, I'm also coaching the programme in our gym at home, which is the Move Forward Gym in Devon. Um, and you're going to hear from one of my participants later, Matt. Um, so yeah, we just go through all the setup, get everybody, um, all the coaches through their consultation, uh, then get all the programmes. Um, kind of onboarded anybody that applies they I'm the one they speak to um, they, we just do kind of it's all very personal like I don't I don't like them to feel like they're just getting blanket emails and things so everybody just talks to me and we get them all set up and just you know you're giving people a lot of personal information about things you've been through so I just we try and keep it really personal um, so it all goes through you yeah and everything comes through me so I'm always the person are you ready? <laughs> Have you done this yet? <laughs> um, so all of these annoying emails are on for me. Um, 
get everybody ready, get all the gym details, make sure they're comfortable, like what they're doing, where they're going, who they're meeting. Um, quite a lot of our coaches really like that personal touch as well and, and they'll reach out individually and create WhatsApp groups and they're, they're often just groups to moan about how sore and achy everybody are after training. But, um, but yeah, so it's really nice and like getting that personal connection with people. Um, and then once they're ready to go, then they sort of become their own little independent bodies all over the world, which is nice. But they check in with me and let me know like what they're doing and how they're doing. And, and then at the end of the programs, I'm the one that kind of goes around to get everybody's results and just, like takes a look at them, sees you know any kind of patterns. We, we tend to look at the results for two reasons: a, to make sure the program's working, um, and that you know the design and nothing needs altering. But also just to see if there's any area that's coming up all the time that people don't feel that has improved as much as they hoped, and then we'll go back and look at it and, and be able to kind of reassess it and update it and, and add things where people have kind of mentioned extra things that they'd have liked to monster on it and things so it's kind of developing all the time and changing all the time so, so you're the battle council program coordinator yeah. but you're also a program coach yes so can you tell us a little bit about what the program actually entails so it's really um kind of a progressive structured course of fitness uh, that starts off with literally just learning mechanics of moving the body correctly so that you're working the design muscles that you're supposed to do for that exercise um, start off right with the basics and then progress through the 12 weeks. Um, we look at kind of three key lifts so that people can measure their own progress, but they're also like fundamental movements like a squat that we're using every day in life, um, a strict press overhead, again, things that you're doing all the time, um, and a deadlift to like picking things up. Um, so to kind of everyday movements that we really want to make people nice and secure and strong doing so that those movements and your muscles are fit for life effectively um, and it's a lot of the time that things like that getting up off the sofa getting in and out of the car that people really take for granted and then when you've lost muscle mass then that actually becomes quite difficult and then you end up having to rely on other people so it's it's nice that we're able to kind of work on those things through a fitness thing that will actually give them skills for life um, so then through the programme we also look at cardio development, so working on their cardio fitness um, through kind of structured little workouts that enable them to work at their own pace but also to challenge themselves. So we don't like to make it competitive in the sense that anything in the programme is for time or you know, fast as wins or anything like that. It's all that, you know, you'll be doing an eight minute workout and in that time you'll do as many movements as you can do for your current fitness. So people don't feel like, you know, they're comparing themselves to the person next to them. You can choose all your own weights or not to use weights at all if you're not ready yet. But just so that you're getting a good workout, you get that sense of achievement at the end of it. But you know what, I didn't think I'd be able to do that for eight minutes, but actually I've found a way that made it work for me and I've done it so it's nice to just give people that confidence to then be able to look at the next week and think oh this time it's 10 minutes I bet I can see that so yeah and that then progresses throughout the 12 weeks we'll look at certain um, workouts again at the end so that people can then look back at the beginning and go oh my god I did that in week two and 
uh, I got four rounds and then I've done it again now and I've got seven. That's crazy. Like I'd, and at the time when they did their full workout of four rounds, they thought that's the hardest I've ever worked. I'd never be able to beat that. And then they just proved themselves that they can. And, and is it for people at all stages? Absolutely. If, if anyone's listened to this and thinks, you know, I'm only a few weeks into treatment, or when do you take people onto the program? So we tend to say that two months after they finish treatment, um, just to kind of give their body that healing time and recovery time. Um, but then from there, we do look at every single person individually, um, and we always get a sign off from the doctor just to say that they're happy that it's not going to interfere or compromise any treatment that they might be on um, but two months is our general kind of a general rule um, there's there's no reason though that if it was six seven years ago for you and, and maybe you'd like just a little bit of support through your fitness journey or maybe you didn't think fitness was for you but actually you're thinking now you know what I'd like to do something for myself and my body and I'm maybe haven't connected with my body even though it might be quite a long time since my treatment finished um, it's it's really well structured that you could come in at any stage and still be able to make it the right version for you yeah um, so there's no cut-off points absolutely not so anybody that has been through cancer is more than welcome to join us for a program um, yeah so it's, it's nice that it's all inclusive and and it's nice then coming into a group where everybody might be at a different stage, but you've all already got something in common. People often describe it as they walk through the room and like, you know, you go into a, a regular gym and people often tell me that they, they feel like people treat them differently um, and they're very cautious. Whereas you're in the same situation as everybody else in the room, suddenly you're not the one that stands out anymore. They've already got all these shared experiences that they can actually relate to um, and feelings that they've been through in their treatment that when they've described them to somebody else and they've gone oh yeah yeah no I'm like I'm tired too I've yeah. been working really hard this week and of course you're tired because you've been working really hard but also like it's not the same and somebody that hadn't been through it wouldn't be able to relate to that so just having that that support around them and then you know, we have all sorts of different stories from groups that have maybe somebody who's had an, uh, another concern uh, come up and their, their groups have been there such a double um, or different, even just difficult things that they're experiencing in everyday life and those people have become their new, their new people. So, it's so how really important do you think the community element is of the yeah, yeah, and I mean, even in our little groups where there might be two or three people, we find that those those groups often have the strongest bonds because you know they work through it together in their little teams. And then you have the other extreme, like Pete, who you've spoken to already. His his crew are growing in number every year because he just combines all the people together, and suddenly he's got this actual army um, of our Battle Council program participants, and they're they're incredible, and they are just. Beautiful support, you know, this lovely family, beautifully great fans. Yeah. And if we talk about you for a little bit, you were you are a qualified PT, and I believe you were a volunteer with Battle Cancer, and yeah. then you turned the plunge into a paid position. Yes. What, what kind of motivated you to go that way, Scott? <laughs> Scott, entirely Scott. Um, so I, I was actually a veterinary nurse 
uh, oh, wow. before my life with Batagante and uh, Annette Scott at him. Um, he was just kind of starting Batagante at the time and um, it was the first London and he was like, please come along, like, please come along and help. We don't, we're just kind of setting up, we haven't got many volunteers. Uh, you can join in, you can be in a team. Um, so we went and we competed in a team and then we helped out on the day and it was like, this was awesome. This was something like amazing to be part of. And then I stayed friends with Scott and kept coming to events and uh, often judging or kind of helping out at front desk and things. And then I started uh, to study my personal qualification and Scott got his gym and he said, well, would you like to come and coach? So I started going to coach there and then he just sat down on the table next to me after a class one day and he said, I've got a proposition. I'd really like you to come and run the charity. And I went, sorry, I don't think that's, that's something I could do. Um, and he was like, yeah, you could do it, you could do it. Like, I think you'd be a great person. And he's, I mean, he's, he's fantastic for <laughs> giving you reasons to believe in yourself when you don't think you can do it. Um, and he's awesome like he'll just kind of support you through anything that you're not sure of and, and we've just really like built the format together yeah. um that's amazing we've kind of brought different skill sets to it neither of us have done it before but hopefully we're making it work for someone well, well it looks like you are <laughs> um so yeah and and the charity's grown a lot since i came on board and it's amazing to watch it develop and like the new places that it's going and hoping to do with it in the future really so yeah and what's your personal journey with fitness um i've kind of always used it as a bit of a support outlet for me um i've had a lot of it's difficult uh it was quite difficult growing up just my family environment and things were quite tricky and it was just this constant in my life that gave me like a bit of an outlet it's it's really just like a, a good switching off place for me that helps me get out of my own head from overthinking everything everything so it's just it really helps me get out of that for a little bit and, and kind of put everything back into place so I, I was I was always a runner and then um, where my vet was where I was working was opposite a CrossFit gym and I used to see these crazy people running up and down the road with kettlebells and all sorts and I was like school <laughs> I could never do that though I'm not very strong um, and then my one of my best friends started going to uh, ironically actually fell in love with her coach and they're married with two oh, children wow. now um, and I'm dating I'm well I have a little boy with his brother <laughs> it's all very, got very impersonal oh, wow. um, and yeah so she dragged me along and then that was it i was hooked so the runner became a crossfitter begrudgingly although i'm still a runner at heart i was going to ask you about your running because i did a bit of instagram stalking oh, no. am i right in saying you did seven marathons in seven days i did so i, I, wanna, recommend it. I, know, I, know, I want to ask you about that i'm really fascinated with people that do these endurance extreme challenges what motivated you to do it just um i'd done London before a couple of times and a couple of ultras um, just because I always felt like I'd found my calling with like a long endurance run I really just enjoyed it the people that I met on the way particularly in ultra marathons 
Um, it's a lot less, I would say, competitive, and the people that are doing it are really doing it as a challenge for themselves. Um, and you meet those amazing people and get talking to people that you'd never come across in any other walk of life, and they tell you their story, and then they'd run off on their pace, and you'd meet someone else. And um, I just love the experience of it, and it, it made me feel like I'd found some people that kind of got how I felt about running. Um, and then I did a couple of big races, and I was like, oh, what can I do? to raise money uh, that the people that are actually going to like because the people are like oh you've done the marathon I'm giving, I'll donate you any more money than that you've done that I know you can do that and then my race is longer and then they donate to that and I was like oh god I, I don't know how long I could run for uh, but I bet I could run consecutive days for a big amount so just stupidly said oh, I wonder if I could do seven and and there you go. And then I said it out loud, and then I had to. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and with the ultra challenges, how important do you think mindset is versus the physical aspect? I think being determined helps. Like stubborn to the point of being quite annoying. Stubborn. Um, I've heard yeah. ultra athletes use that word. Yeah, before. I think stubborn. I'm just really stubborn. And yeah. once I, it's more with myself. So I. If I tell myself, I bet you couldn't do that, then that's that's it for me. I'm like, well, no, you have to. No, you absolutely have to. So, <laughs> what was the hardest day in those seven days? Day six. Brilliant. Day six is a bad day. <laughs> was that physical? Uh, yeah, I just, I, I gave myself quite bad tendonitis in my ankles, and it got worse and worse. Um, and it sort of seemed to peak on day six, and. I'd set day seven as London Marathon to be a really good one to finish on. And so I was in London and I just, I had to do this distance on my own through London and I didn't know it very well. Just from little Devon where it's all very country There's not very many people. Um, so yeah, I'd said, oh, I'll just do one in London on my own. And I got up that morning, I could barely move my feet. And it was chucking it down with rain and my partner and my little boy had come up and they were just tucked up in bed and I got up about half past four in the morning and went, just went out and started running and I think I must have stopped probably seven or eight times and cried really? <laughs> on my own, running through the streets of London in the dark in the rain. Oh. Uh, I must have looked like an absolutely crazy woman um, and sort of limped home about five and a half hours later with mascara all down my face and looking very worse for wear and my other half was like come on like there's only one more like stop being an idiot um and miraculously i got up the next morning and somebody must have been shining down or some luck of unicorn and mesmerism because my ankles phenomenally just got better for day really? seven and it was fine and so then that's amazing yeah that is the power of the mind yeah and that's that all it could have been really because then for about six months after that I could barely move so <laughs> um, so how do you think you got through day six determination and I think you know by that point there's so many people rooting for you and having like those people in those like dark moments when you're thinking I just can't do this and people like no come on like you know you can and you're, you know you're not gonna stop so you might as well get on with it I interviewed an ultra athlete who'd done 30 marathons in 30 days. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know how he managed that. <laughs> and that was in the deserts of oh, Dubai wow. as well. So in the heat and the up and down. Yeah. I just, I find it fascinating. 
and I really feel there's a massive mental component. Absolutely. I think you just have to be really, really stubborn. <laughs> so day seven, you smashed the London Marathon. Yeah, and it was the fastest one and, really and my fastest ever London. So yeah. yeah, I don't know what happened there. But... <laughs> That's just amazing. Just Have you got crazy. any other challenges planned in the future? No, not yet, but I've started getting itchy feet for it. So watch the space. Good. And then I was going to ask you, you mentioned you got a little boy. Yes. Talk to us about how you came back to fitness following that, because I've seen your abs and they don't look <laughs> like my abs, who've also had children. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I suppose I was lucky in that his pregnancy with him, he, he was quite little and tucked up inside my ribs, so I didn't get a big bump. I wasn't, I didn't get bad hip pain. I didn't get a lot of things that are very common in pregnancy, and I wasn't really particularly sick either. And, lockdown was happening so um it was it was a lot of kind of just i needed to keep working out for my brain so i mean we adapted all the movements and my gym coach was amazing and uh, just said like keep coming back we'll find a way to get you moving because i know that you need it to stop your overthinking um and yeah just i mean i was actually at the gym the morning that i went in today really? so, so you um, exercise to the very end to the very end but i mean you know for a thousand different reasons that isn't what works for most people and that's i'm not saying that that is the way you should do it like um, we were really safe about it and you know and then lockdown happened i had a lot of time on my hands so i just started running again afterwards because you could only go out once a day <laughs> so, that's all you had yeah. wasn't it i remember yeah. that over lockdown it was yeah. that that walk or that run was the only yeah. escape you had so we went for the walk every day yeah. and then eventually it became to run every day and then yeah i just got back to the gym afterwards and a lot of people i'm surrounded by obviously through work and family are all involved in crossfit and things so it's just it's really normal for us to be doing it every day um, makes it easier, people understand. Yeah, and having that access to it obviously makes it easier to access it. Final question, Abby. What do you think sets Battle Cancer apart from other fitness, other post-cancer fitness initiatives? I think community, probably our like, our roots and that bringing people together for a bit of a common purpose. You know, not everybody here is here for fitness. Not everybody here is here purely because of like a cancer that they have been through. But I mean, some people may not have a personal connection to cancer, but they understand that, you know, it's a growing almost normal in our lives now that we really need to all stand up and do something about. So whether you've been affected by it directly or indirectly or whatever your story is, I think everybody comes here and actually feels like they they understand each other a little bit and they've been they've come together to kind of stand up against it. So yeah, yeah I think underneath all the battle cancer, everything, all the you know, fancy setup, like there's actually like a good strong group in there that brings people together. Yeah, well, thank you Abby. I think what you guys have done with Battle Cancer is amazing. Oh, um, I hope that it wasn't too bad because I know you weren't, in, <laughs> weren't excited. <laughs> I'm so 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You're brilliant as well. Not a, you know, you haven't said it, but everyone is. Everyone individually has said, "Oh, Abby, she's brilliant. She's amazing. Oh. She's really nervous." So, thank you. It's, it's the glitter. It's the yeah, glitter station. It's not me. It's the glitter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. I hope you enjoyed hearing Matt, Peter and Abby's stories. Tune in next week to continue to hear how Battle Cancer have helped the lives of other cancer survivors, as well as hearing from Pete Williams, one of the co-founders. And if you enjoyed listening, please do share it with a friend and please rate it, review it and subscribe to the podcast. It really, really does make a difference. And don't forget to look back and check out some of the amazing guests we've had on previously on the show. See you next week.